What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, we got some good hobby stuff this week. Uh, I'm in the middle of a massive move, so everything keeps shifting in my space, but, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into some, some hobby stuff that we've been doing and trying to do and see how it goes. Uh, Brent, what have you been up to in the last few weeks for a hobby? Well, Casey, I backed a Relic Blade Kickstarter. Ooh. So Sean and, and to a lesser but still important degree, Malev have been working on a Kickstarter for a while. They've been working on the single player experience for Relic Blade. And, you know, I can just tell when I'm listening to that Relic Buds podcast that they are excited about what's going on. So I did it. I backed their new Kickstarter. By the time this episode, you know, comes out, you you have mere days to back the Caverns of Corral, however you pronounce that Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I also backed that Kickstarter. I'm very excited. It's, you know, single player campaign. You know, I think as far as I know, I'm the only person that owns Relic Blade in my area. So, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm excited to play by myself. That's All sad. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, uh, that but for real, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I do want to try that system out. Uh, I think I could con one of my friends here locally into playing Relic Blade with me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man, Relic Blade, again, we've talked about it before, but the art is just so engaging. It's all done by one and a half individuals. And uh, <laughs> a rule book that I actually read part of and then forgot all of, but I still like the pictures. Right, pictures are good, kept you going, flipping the pages. You're like, aha, then you roll some dice, I see. Yeah, there's some really cool art in that. I like I like how um I like how the minis really reflect that same art style too. Uh just recently I watched a, a YouTube video on the Relic Blade YouTube channel of Sean mm -hmm. designing one of the like pigmen. It was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Like it, it very much felt like watching somebody sketch something out and he's just like casually talking about this process of oh yeah, you know, just ZBrush and this stuff, blah blah blah. Like there's this pig man at the end and you're just like holy crap like it's insane sean works very fast i think it, um, it but, seems like yeah <laughs> yeah sean is the 2d artist and also sculpts the minis and, and writes the rules and everything else and so it is really cool to see this project that is really coming from from one mind and now <laughs> malev helps out Malev also has a good mind and, and is a good artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, earlier you said he was half a person. I, I thought that was unfair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Relic Blade, that is, that is Sean's baby, but Malev is yeah. also there. Yeah. He's there, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. Looking forward to that. I don't know when it's supposed to fulfill, but I imagine that... Uh, it's probably pretty soon. I know that, that I think everything's pretty much done with it, so. It, it doesn't matter. I've, I've still got Relic Blade minis to paint. And uh, yeah, man, as a YouTuber, like the reason I haven't done a YouTube video on Relic Blade yet is because I haven't thought of a title that'll get uh, any number of views. Like right. I, I, I have it in my mind if I just have a title, Relic Blade is a cool game. Relic People Blade like, looks That's cool. Nice. Relic Blade, <laughs> such a cool game that I read the rule book. Everything I'm coming up with is just like, oh, that's a nobody's gonna click that video. I wouldn't click that video. So I, right. See, so I, I've learned that that you really do have to like figure that that angle around, right? That the Warhammer elephant in the room, right? But people yeah. get mad at you, and I've they I've do. found some good ways around that. Or, you know, making a title that doesn't use the word Warhammer. You know, the mm -hmm. the one I am most proud of is uh, How to Paint Power Armor, or One Weird Trick to Paint Power Armor. I don't know. One Weird it, Trick. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't believe how to paint this power armor. <laughs> change your life. Yeah. Uh, oh, but, I like that, too, because it, it, like, in, insinuates Warhammer without saying it. It's good. Yeah. Power armor is is power armor, right? Like they don't yeah. technically own that. I don't think they do. I'm sure they tried, but right. 
And from my experience recently of playing some Relic Blade and playing some Warhammer, I mean, I can tell you that Relic Blade is a better game, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to put that in title format. I guess. I mean, I think I, you just did. I guess that's a title. I don't know. Like but, Relic Blade versus. <laughs> but, but I don't want it. It is. It is so good and pure that it it shouldn't be piggybacking right. off of anybody be. else's work. It 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 should stand proud as its own thing. And uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I am excited that the Kickstarter seems to be doing well. They seem to be happy with the results. You know that. Uh, I don't know. As we're recording, it's seventy three thousand on Kickstarter, which is awesome. That can, yeah. that can buy groceries for one and a half people for a little while. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really cool. all of the costs of, you know, making that <laughs> product and getting it out to people. <laughs> I mean, more that, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure groceries are involved. <laughs> you gotta, gotta eat while you sculpt, you know? Uh -huh. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta. That's a lot of, it's oh. a lot of, a lot of Pop-Tarts, what that is. All right, so viewers out there, you let me know what a good title for my Relic Blade video is going to be, and then maybe I'll make it, because I've, I've painted the minis, I've made terrain for it, I have actually read the rule book, and then forgot. <laughs> You've done, it. like, all and of then, the prerequisite work to making have, a video. I've done everything required to make a video, I'm just like, <laughs> nobody's going to watch this, I'll, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> right. I mean... Yeah, man, I don't know. It's so hard. It's stupid. And still. And and it may just be that I that I say, you know what, we're doing it. We're we're making a title, Relic Blade is a cool game. And that's the title. And we just send it out into the world and see what happens. Even no, though we if know you, what's gonna happen. Yeah. If you held off like two months and didn't put out a video, and that was the first video that you put out after two months. I think I think the interest would be enough because you'd get the the rest of the people who are like I guess he's not dead. Let me find out what happened, and you'd probably get a lot of that like follow through. So I you, that might be the the strategy on that one. One weird tip to get people to watch a Relic Blade video. Well, well there's a title. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> one weird trick like uh, pretend you canceled your YouTube account for two months and then came back and worked. Will anyone watch a Relic Blade video? More than you might think. <laughs> That's probably true. They seem to, it does seem to be like gaining popularity. I mean, every time we've mentioned it, people are like, hey, I really like that game, uh, which is cool to hear. Yeah. Dude, I, I didn't even look at the new models. I just know they're going to be cool. I know right. that the art on the cards is going to be cool. So, and mm -hmm. yeah, I wanted to support that and, and make it keep on. I want the game to still be alive when I finally do make that video. So Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I also blindly just clicked the I will back this and didn't look yeah. at what I was getting. I just went, what's the thing that comes with the things? Okay, this one. And that's yeah. that's how that went. And there yeah. was a $12 upsell of like, hey, do you also want this Witch of the Woods? <laughs> Uh, for twelve dollars, I don't know what that yeah. is. But I'll take one of those. Yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of models for yeah, like twelve bucks. So there's there are a whole bunch of them. I think you just keep the one that was on the top of the list. Oh, what? oh, I, <laughs> you're like sure? Really? I'll take that one offshoot really? model. Oh, I, <laughs> yeah, I tried to scroll sure. down. I didn't see anything more. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I thought it was weird that they were just like, all right, you want a witch of the woods? Yeah, I mean, I'll, you're like, I'll take uh, that. Yeah. Nothing else. All okay. Right. Unless you have one, <laughs> hopefully you don't. <laughs> but you wouldn't know. You, you didn't never look have at all too models. many. Yeah. yeah, just multiples of Witch of the Woods. That's fine. <laughs> That's for video making purposes. It makes perfect sense. All right. I got a. I got another short update here that might go along with Witch of the Woods. All so, right. So uh, you give that Witch of the Woods some furs, and you might be able to use her alternatively in the game of Frostgrave. There you go. That's that's yeah. good. I like that. Real professional segue into that. That was good. We're very professional here at Paint Bravely, the podcast. Tell your friends, subscribe, leave a comment. Yeah, approximately forty-two uh, percent of the time, we act professionally. So yeah. you brought you bought some Frostgrave. You actually bought a rule book, even though you're not going to read it. I flipped through it today, and it has oh. some good art. And I understand the basic layout of where to find the rules that I might someday need in this book. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I, I went to a wedding last weekend 
in, in Pennsylvania, and I made it to Showcase Comics in the Swarthmore area. And All right. uh, yeah, yeah, I was looking around the store, actually very well-stocked store, very cool looking store. A couple of randos came up and said hi to me. That was that was cool too. But anyway, I was looking around, <laughs> and uh, you know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> and I was looking around. You know, well stocked on games that aren't in every store. A really good section mm-hmm. on Legion. Um, a lot of X Wing stuff. A lot of good stuff. Anyway, there was there was the the physical Frostgrave book, which I actually had not seen in a store before. So pick that right up. It's, uh, you know, I'll be honest. I, I bought it from my bookshelf. We we both know that I will never read most of the words in this book. <laughs> yeah, but it is a very nice hardcover book. Like like very very nice looking. Some nice art in there. And it was only thirty five bucks. And I do genuinely like the the idea of Frostgrave, the idea of mm-hmm. uh, you know getting your getting your wizard, getting your wizard's apprentice, getting your, your band of soldiers and having it all be model agnostic so it can be absolutely whatever you want. You can use, mm-hmm. you know, Witch of the Woods as your wizard, as your sorcerer, yeah. or as your sorcerer's apprentice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the plastic model kits that come from, is it North Star Miniatures, I think? Um mm-hmm. Yeah, the the plastic model kits that are uh, associated with Frostgrave, very nice. We've we've talked about these before, but they're all super yeah. modular. A lot of really nice bits in there. So, all right, I'll check this off of my list, <laughs> my my bucket list. I have the book for Frostgrave Second Edition. Nice book, nice book. Very good. Yeah, no regrets. Do you do you like listen to audiobooks and then go out and buy the physical copy to put on your bookshelf? No. No, no. do you? I do, I do that, yeah. <laughs> like as a trophy wall kind of thing. I'm like, yes, I read this seven book series and now I own them and I will literally never open them. <laughs> so Casey, you closed on a brand new house. You are moving tomorrow, is that correct? In like 12 hours, yeah. Tell From me more right about now. your trophy wall of books. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's growing. Uh-huh. And uh, makes boxes pretty heavy. Yeah, yep. but a yep. lot of a lot of Stephen King novels. You know, a lot of oh, those. Oh no! Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's that's a lot of weight for like an interesting premise that goes nowhere. I don't know. Oh, I know. It's it's completely pointless. Actually, um, for the most part, I don't I don't go out and buy them new. I I find them like at thrift stores. So if I find a book that I've read yeah. and it's like okay. Like, I wouldn't mind having this just in case, you know, Apocalypse and, you know, I want to reread this book or whatever, it is, you know. It just I, seems like a good idea. No, I went through that phase. I I went through yeah. a real big thrift store phase of, yeah, going to, like, every thrift store in my local area and going to the bookshelves, looking through every shelf. And, you know, I was, I was mm-hmm. collecting... My Robert Jordans, that's actually where I found a Game of Thrones for the first time. Mm. Uh, you know, before it was famous, the really cool old cover on it. I got, <laughs> like the uh, first edition. And I definitely did get some some Stephen. It wasn't first, it was a paperback, but it had a <laughs> right. different art than the one that you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. before they did all the stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. I just, I just think it was interesting. It's like... Getting game books and and collectible books like that to put on the bookshelf when you know, you know you're never gonna open that. <laughs> like it's nice okay. for the wall, right? Like to put in your hobby space. It is. It is. In this situation, though, I have built models for this game, mm-hmm. and someday I may paint models for this game, and it is not insane for me to tell myself that i might someday play this game so i'm that's cool with this it looks good Mm -hmm. on the shelf yeah it's good yeah um i'm hoping that that because my new space is going to be a lot bigger right so so i'm hoping that you know i can start expanding out and actually having a larger shelf for things like books because i do have a lot of books like a lot of game books that are piled in the closet kind of thing. And I, I, it's like, I might actually pick them up and play them if they were available. 
Um, I mean, going through a move in particular, you really start going through stuff and you're like, where did this crap come from? Like, where did I get half the stuff in my house? And I don't remember even owning stuff. Like, okay, I had like a food saver, you know, one of those vacuum sealers. And okay. like two years ago, my wife was like, oh no, we, we got rid of that. We sold that thing. And like an idiot, I went out and bought a new one because I'm like, oh, I, you know, I got this like sous vide. I'm going to do this stuff and cook. So now I have like two, I have two of them and that's just stupid. Like accessibility is such a big deal. And that obviously translates perfectly into the hobby. Like if there's a Frostgrave rulebook in front of me every day, I'm like, man, I could, uh, you know, build this model for that. I could get that witch from Relic Blade and throw that in there because I accidentally bought one. You know what I mean? That's right. You never know. So I'm hoping that in the new space to do something like that, to have a nice game set up because I want to put a, a, a game table and, you know, have stuff accessible. That's that's a very important part of the move. Yeah. Hey, a nice book, a nice bookshelf is is worth a lot. You you treat yourself when you've got that room for it. Right. <laughs> when you actually have the room. Yeah, I, I took apart my hobby closet finally and I boxed it up and it it takes up like a good quarter of my entire hobby space just in boxes and that's stacked as tall as I am. Like it's a stupid amount of stuff that I didn't realize in there. Yeah. So yeah, 12 hours or so, going to be moving all that and uh, hoping to somehow manage to make a video during all of it. I don't know how that's going to go. We're going to find out. So I'm, I'm curious. You, you know what your current you know, hobby setup has been like for the past few years. You're moving to a new space. You, you have more space. Are there any like key changes that you're making? Key upgrades? Put, put an, yes. an L on your desk? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Pretty uh, much. Like stuff like that. Um, like I've got two like taller kind of bar sized desks like workbenches um and those are those are pretty good to paint at because i have like a tall stool and then i have like work chests like tool chests big ones and there's no leg room you know to sit at the tool chest which is normally fine because it's like storage and other stuff but you know i told as you a... about this in episode 10 <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah Okay. No, well, that's what. That's why I got the workbenches, right? Like, because I can pull up a chair. You know, I, it's fine. <laughs> it makes it. You painted at it. It's fine. <laughs> it's yeah, fine. it works. Um, but like having having a little bit of uh, like, I really want to put a built-in desk, something that has like permanent setups at. Right. Like this is where the filming of the painting happens, and it doesn't move. Things like that. Like I want. I want to be able to have a space that is dedicated and I'll have room for that now uh, where I don't currently, I have to kind of rearrange everything right now, every single time I want to do something. And that's like really time consuming. Um, you know, even if I just want to paint for fun, it's like, if it's not permanent, I have to spend time doing it and that makes it less likely that I'm going to get there. Like actually kind of like, you know, even, even the wet palettes are really nice, you know, having to, set one up is just a barrier to getting to painting quicker, right? So sometimes it, it is a weird, like, oh, I just don't want to do that. So I don't paint the model, you know? So I want to kind of take away those barriers. That's my goal. That is a fantastic point. Like, yeah, just having a little bit of dedicated space where what you want to do is set up and ready to go. That's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, so putting in regular, like, chair-level desks, <laughs> like, that's going to be a thing. <laughs> um, like I said, doing, like, a gaming table setup, uh, I think is going to be pretty important. Having an actual, like, 6x4 play area that's always there is going to be like, okay, well, I can always just play a game. I don't have to, like, get the ping-pong table out or the whatever, you know, mm -hmm. it's just ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with the bookshelf, like having having rule books available, you know. I want to play games that I bought that I just haven't looked at. So if they're on a bookshelf next to a game table with terrain and models, more likely I'm going to play it. Um, 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So things like that, like on the other side of things. Um, so I had like uh, black piping hung from the ceiling in a big square. And what I found was like for hanging lights and cameras and all this stuff, I only really used like one or two of the bars. So instead of making a bunch of squares or a big rectangle in the new room, I'm just going to put a bunch of bars, just straight bars in where it's like, okay, well, this is where that light is going to live. You know, I'm like setting it up so that I don't have to think about it or move anything. I can hit the on switch and kind of go. So again, just kind of removing barriers and movement and setup time. So that's a big goal. I also need to look at, I know Scott put up a bunch of stuff in his new studio. He got a bunch of piping from some company. I need to like talk to that company and figure out what it is. Cause it's some kind of lightweight conduit that works really well. Yeah. Or just get Unistrut all over your ceiling. <laughs> that would work too. Yeah. Also good. Also good. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Or you could invest in extremely weird niche uh, 80-20 T-slot aluminum structural framing. Right, where I have to go to a specialty website and order it by the pound. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it it got a lot more expensive after they closed down their eBay store. You would have been into it when they had an eBay store. I mean, hey, that's actually, that's true. The eBay Um, store was great. They were like, yeah, we have uh, four lengths of 37 and a half inch, you know, 1.5 inch profile, black, anodized. Uh, Make us an offer. Be like, well. That's that's not bad. I could do something with 37 and a half inches of that, especially (laughs) if I had four of them. You know, like, you Mm -hmm. do your math. Oh, this is way cheaper per pound than it normally is. Yeah, let's let's do this. (laughs) Honey, you would have loved yeah. it. You would have loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I missed out. I definitely missed out on that. <laughs> Such an important piece of the hobby room, too. <laughs> like for for like a half a percent of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like to imagine that there was uh like you with with a goatee living in I don't know Michigan or wherever that place is, running that eBay store, and then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> catering to one type of person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then one day you with a goatee just quit and then they had to turn, mm. you know, shut down the entire 8020 structural aluminum eBay. That store. makes sense. The entire yeah. company was on my shoulders. Yeah. yeah. I would have, I would have gotten fed up with that and just left. It now they just sell the stuff for full price to businesses that can afford to pay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Nobody like is that measuring cool, the like crappy offcuts of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, we got uh, four different pieces of random stuff. I guess somebody will use it. <laughs> I loved that. I loved that store. <laughs> I, yes, that was absolutely what it was. Yeah. And sometimes they'd just be like, "We've got a lot of hardware here," and just you know brackets and mm-hmm. gussets and, and oh, it was great. It was great. Anyway, back to miniatures. Back to miniatures. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this, this is it's still related. It's still good. Um, the other the other thing with moving to this new hobby space is the the plan is, and I I'm pretty sure I've talked about this a few times, and like obviously not committed, but it's changing the name of my channel and actually following through. So that's like that's like a ninety day goal currently. Um, just full rebrand, rename everything. So I'm sure eventually that video is going to come out where like the end of eBay miniature rescues, you know, the, the thing that everybody does. <laughs> it's like, not really. The end is the beginning. <laughs> no, this is what we're talking about. You got a title already. You know what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you haven't even painted a single relic blade miniature for that video and you already know what the title is. That's great. That's great. That's, that's actually not a bad idea. Like really bury it in there. And be like, <laughs> like not only am I'm, I changing, changing the name the of this name channel, but when we talk about this, I'm going to paint these relic blade minis, and then you just exactly. transition into more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep slipping them in, right? Like every so often, I'll get one in, and and somebody will be like, I know, I see you, I see you, relic blade model, yeah. So every so often, the comments come in about that. Um, now. I've finished all of my Relic Blade models. They are, they are done. 
I know, and I'm I'm actually kind of sad about it because I want to paint more of them, and I don't have any more of them. So this Kickstarter needs to, you know, hurry up. You take your time, Sean and Moev. You get it right. You get it right. I mean, yes, I want that to happen. And yes, I could just go buy other models that are already out that I don't own. Uh Uh-huh. But I need them to hurry up. Okay. Okay. Because these are the ones that I did buy. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a giant eyeball monster. I did see that one. That one stood pretty pretty quickly. It's like a a stock with an eyeball on it. Yeah. All righty. Well, let's let's cruise through it. Check out our pals who have got a Kickstarter for Relic Blade, and also on Kickstarter is Idols or Torbent, our pal Jeremy, Black Magic Craft, and um, also that old Brandon Sanderson's selling some models on Kickstarter, I think. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they're on Kickstarter. I don't know. Yeah. I've seen some people who are really excited about those. Yeah. And I don't really know. Like, okay, I I get that it's based on a a popular fantasy novel series. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know the books. I've never read them. Sure. So, looking at the models, I'm just like, these are fine. Like, I I just don't understand (laughs) Right. I would think Brandon that if it was Sanderson, like a 30 if you novel. No popular fantasy author finished the Wheel of Time after the original author took too long and died. Uh, then it has a couple of series of his own. Uh, I think Mistborn is his and uh, the Stormlight Archives. Mm-hmm. And he's probably doing some other stuff. But anyway, Stormlight Archives is like his current series, I think. He writes fast. I don't know. Anyway, he he put out a Kickstarter for some minis from that series. And I didn't look at it too closely. The minis look okay. Not right. Great. They're, they're just okay. They're, they're fine. There's, <laughs> there are so many good minis out there right now that it's, it is yeah. hard to stand out. Um, the, and they look okay, but uh, I, I have listened to the books. I have not bought the physical books, but I have listened to the books, or at least like the first three and a half. I think I stopped somewhere in the fourth, but I'll, I'll get there eventually. But um, yeah, the, the books have shard plate and shard swords, shard blades, which are just like magical weapons and, and magical armor. And sure. I mean, part of it's like, oh man, what do these things even look like? Oh, that's that's part of what you're thinking about as you're reading it. It's like, oh, this the, this magical that, yeah. armor, these magical swords, you, you can't quite envision what they're supposed to look like. And then here's the mini, and it's just a guy holding a sword wearing some armor. He's like, well, <laughs> right. well I guess you cool. paint it's on it. you now. Yeah, good luck. I'll glossy black, it's obsidian now. Yeah, <laughs> like the most non-armored thing, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, ironically, I actually think I own that first book in that series. I'm pretty sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, I still haven't started it. I mean, he's... Oh, man. They're pretty good books. There's there's like a dozen pretty good fantasy series out there right now, like modern fantasy series, and he has two of them, and they're pretty good, but, I mean, spoilers alert, he, he likes characters who can fly. So by the second book of both of those series, just the main characters can fly now. And uh, hmm. I don't know. It's it's weird to me. You know, I don't really like superheroes that much. So like just, just people flying around. <laughs> Everybody's just, turning right. into Superman. You're like, eh, it's fine. He, he, has, he has like really, <laughs> he has kind of a, a hard magic system of like he, he really thinks through like, okay, m- magic is derived from metals, and if you have co- enough copper mm. in your bloodstream, you can do this, uh, or, or whatever. Right, if you yeah. like, platinum dust, you can do this. And somehow that always just devolves into, they can fly <laughs> And now. you can fly. Yeah, yeah, you can <laughs> you fly have now. air in something, therefore, <laughs> you are now an airbender. That's how that works. And, and again, I didn't look at these minis closely enough, but uh, you... It better come with a lot of flight stands, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I didn't see any, but... Just, yeah. just nasty acrylic <laughs> flight stands on every one of those models. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Uh, well, I have been painting, well, barely painting. I've primed some models this week. It's about as far as I've actually gotten on any, like, real hobby. Like, in, like, while packing and while filming the packing for, you know, obviously potential, like, video. I've managed to 3D print out backpack wings and prime some Sisters of Battle models that I picked up for like 10 bucks, like a whole squad. And that's been cool, uh, except I haven't really started on it yet. I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's one of those things I think might happen or it might not by the time I have to go to make a video <laughs> and I'll work it in somehow. You picked up the metal sisters for ten bucks, or you picked up the printing file for the backpack for ten bucks? No, the the metal sisters I picked up for ten bucks, like a, uh, a six of them. So it was like a pretty good deal because they were missing backpacks. And then I yeah. found backpacks online. I think I I did end up paying for the file. Um, I can't remember how much it was. It wasn't that much, but you know, printing out some some fancy backpacks. My the idea is. You know, you look at the new plastic kits that GW makes, or pretty much anybody really has plastic kits these days, and then you go back to, like, metal models, and there's just a hard line in there of, like, this one doesn't look as good necessarily as the the new shiny plastic. And the Sisters of Battle, like, even though they're designed to look kind of the same, are just sleeker and, you know, nicer kits. Obviously, they're brand new. Um, but I figured, you know, if you take the old models and you kind of upgrade them a little bit. I'm going to 3D print these fancy backpacks. Like, that kind of bridges the gap a little bit. So, you know, I think there's still a viable option for people who don't necessarily like pewter models, but still want something for a better price. So, yeah. that's that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, you if you showed also me the picture of those backpacks. They look good. The the Seraphim backpacks? Is that what we're yeah. talking about? The wings? Yeah, normally they're like these... Uh, they, they're kind of metal wings that are basically jetpacks. And yeah. these are like a jetpack with like angel wings. So a little more fancy, you know, fantasy looking. But they look really cool. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that that works out. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't test these things out before I try them. I just think this makes perfect sense head and i'm gonna stick with that <laughs> it normally works hey bringing bring new life to old models uh, 3d printing is a good way to do it yeah for sure yeah which which i do like um i do wish there were more i don't know parts and pieces specific to that but you know someday it's it's normally just the backpack isn't it that's fine that's fine <laughs> Well, I, I, I kind of have a theory about that. It's like for a model to really look cohesive and change the way it looks, it's the backpack, at least for, for Warhammer-centric models, right? Because they all have backpacks, right? Um, you got your backpack, your head, and your shoulders. And that's pretty much, that's everything about a Games Workshop model right there. That's That's what tells you what it is. I mean, broadening that out a bit, it's the silhouette of a model. Of, of sure, any model. Sure. Like the silhouette tells you so much about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, head, shoulders, backpack, those are big ones. And then, right. you know, whatever weapon they're holding up. But yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. 100%. Yeah. All right. I'm ready, Casey. I'm ready to, to spill the beans on my secret project oh, here. Secret project. You know, one person did technically guess what it was. Only one person. And I did not confirm that to them. So they think that they just got yeah. left hanging. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, we, we can't confirm it. If if you're right, we can't say anything. That's, That's the funny you know thing about right. it. When you if say you, guess. If you have a yeah. wild guess <laughs> and you never hear a response from us, that means you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, or so, we just didn't get to it. <laughs> my way was funnier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds better too. <laughs> All right, secret the beans, project. The beans. Spill, spill the beans. The beans. Okay. So 
we're we're putting together a dream team. We have put together a dream team right. um, of of people who can make it to the East Coast. Sorry, Casey, you're not on the dream team, but you knew about the dream team and you're <laughs> I, I spiritually yeah. a part of it. You, you're busy. You're busy. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm busy moving. That's what I'm doing. Also, really far away. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big thing. Um, okay. So we're we're getting together a team. The team consists of Mini Wargaming Dave, myself, One Page Rules, Cinecore Media, and Monument Hobbies. So this is a dream team. And so uh, One Page Rules and Monument Hobbies are sponsoring essentially the most cinematic ba battle report ever filmed. So the the sponsors are hiring a film team and by film team i mean a crew that has gaffers key grips you know the the, the lighting professionals director of photography actual director like like a team like a film team yeah and they are going to film dave and i playing a game of one page rules with you know models uh painted with with uh, pro acryl paints and it's going to have a robot arm and lens flares and pro blends and it's Ooh, anyway, pro blends. very Ooh. exciting stuff this uh the game and the filming day is next month and then we've got a professional editor to actually make this look good not just me <laughs> like dragging and dropping <laughs> right, trying. Or, yeah. <laughs> i'm talking like fades star wipes the the whole deal the whole deal star wipes yeah. are important production mm -hmm. value more yeah. star wipes more Absolutely. star wipes <laughs> yeah. um so this is something i've been working on in the background it's why you know if you've been watching my social media posts they're starting to be more and more like dinosaurs showing up places there's a, <laughs> well, there's a dinosaur here. yeah working on you that know. we did talk about them Yep, we, yep, we, yep, we yep, kinda, yep. we kind of we threw that in there a little what's bit. What's that old yeah. rat doing with these dinosaurs? Yeah, space uh, dinos. Come on now. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is uh, Grim Dark Future is the game that we're going to be playing, which is the model agnostic, not Warhammer 40k that One Page Rules puts out, and it is you know we talked about it. It's One Page Rules front and back, and I can do it. I can read that. I can do it. I will do it. I've yeah, got a month to read that page. still Don't put any pressure on yourself there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Cinecore Media is the company you may have seen. Uh, Dave put this out on the Mini War Gaming channel uh, months ago at this point. But Cinecore Media made a one minute long kind of teaser trailer of just really nice shots of a warhammer 40k board and mm -hmm. all these swooping shots down and then there's a necron and then the camera like swings over and there's a space marine and then there's another necron and they're doing all this with a i think it's a three hundred thousand dollar robot arm <laughs> yeah so it's just a it is a a robot like a a serious heavy piece of machinery that's connected to a computer in the old sense of the word computer like a like a refrigerator sized computer with like mm -hmm. big cables coming out of this big beige refrigerator that uh, <laughs> are connecting to this robot arm that can reach I don't know like 15 feet across the room it's huge and it's got enough little tiny motors in it so that it can, I don't even know how many degrees of freedom, how many uh, bends and stuff it can do. But um, yeah, so this is in Philadelphia. And so I was down in Philadelphia for a wedding last weekend. I stayed an extra day. I stayed on Monday to hang out with the film team. And uh, I guess for fun, they they interviewed me, but they they were practicing with their robot arm at the same time. So the interview starts <laughs> with this ridiculous right camera move <laughs> of like swooping down, getting all these shots of, of some of the minis I've painted on uh, Goobertown Hobbies. And then it just goes to Dan, who's the guy interviewing me. 
and then it goes to me, and then it pans way back out. And so the first shot of the video is just... For... <laughs> uh, the... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> You're already... It's already welling up. <laughs> Crack it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the first shot of the video is just this ridiculous camera movement. And they're just going to put it up as a like an interview video on YouTube. And hopefully mm -hmm. the actual interview did okay. But I mean, the, I'm the, sure. <laughs> the ridiculous cameras going on for this thing are, were just above and beyond. But that was mostly just practice and so that I could see the, the inside of their studio. And so they, they could get some practice on the robot arm. But uh, this is this is a huge project that's coming up. Um, I'm gonna gonna be on the the Monument Hobbies uh, stream Twitch stream this week, and actually the the video crew is coming to uh, my place in Maine, and then they're going out to see the mini wargaming bunker to get shots for. I mean, essentially we would call it a battle report, but it's gonna be a documentary it's gonna be a <laughs> a battle documentary of a game of grimdark future from one page rules so i don't know that's that's what's been going on here i'm i'm pumped yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm super excited for this because it's, it's been a while in the making and like it sounds so fascinating i mean i know you say it's a it's gonna be a documentary but you know like I don't know. Nobody's doing camera moves like that, especially in interviews and doing other stuff. And I mean, you, you start putting like battle report with that $300,000 robot arm films models. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hope you've been practicing your painting probe lenses and all. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> like they're getting, they're getting right up in there. <laughs> I've, I've got a paint scheme. I'm pretty happy with, I, I got to perfect it a little bit and then paint the force, but, uh, I've got time. I've got time. That's good. That's one of the things I'm working on this month. At, but very excited. You know, this this YouTube business, it, it has been interesting to see it's kind of our generation of of internet YouTube gamer people sort of pushing the boundaries and you know, mm -hmm. old old Squidmar with his knowledge of how to use cameras and miniac and that's that's cool and all, but I can't compete with that, but I can I can hire some people who have better <laughs> right. cameras. So. Yeah, hire hire the people with the the super cameras and make them uh, swoop around you while you shake your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott the miniature maniac doesn't have a robot yet, does he? Yet, I'm thinking like you know three hundred thousand dollar you know mini refrigerator of a camera. In like six, you know, five, six years, that thing's going to be like the size of these mic booms and, and, you know, desk controlled with your phone, right? <laughs> like those are, those are coming home soon. We're, we're going to, we're going to see some things in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But man, for, for now it is still a ridiculous amount of overkill. And we got one shot when we were messing around last week that was... You know, one of those Loot Studios Brent Troopers, the the STL <laughs> file from from Loot Studios that has my face on it. Yeah. And so this this camera did like a hundred and eighty degree arc around that figurine, and then it pulled way out to just see my grinning face, like my actual face. Just the the <laughs> the amount of effort that went into this shot that is just the the stupidest shot that anyone has ever collected it, it tickled me and yeah. I, and I broke down laughing <laughs> i mean i'm sure like you're getting a little tiny version of you and then the the real version of you laughing as they you know use this $300,000 camera to film it yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's the whole youtube thing you know with we, people watch our content and and that has you know, some some degree of value to it and and what we choose to do to kind of channel that value and and turn it into something new i just mm -hmm. i have entirely squandered it with a, a figurine <laughs> of myself and a ridiculous <laughs> camera arm yeah. you're like you know i've always just wanted a figurine of myself really i think i'll 
think I'll just negotiate that yeah. when Black I talk Magic to these Craft people. Has, has made an entire game system, the, right. the game system of his dreams. You know, Miniac has his little, little elves, and he's got, beyond his elves, he has like a team working for him. Squidbar's got a team, and I've got stupid <laughs> robot got... arm shot of a miniature of myself going up to my <laughs> idiot face. <laughs> Worth <laughs> Yeah, right. You got you riding in a canoe. I think I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I did oh. I, I did go to that wedding and it was a wedding where I met a lot of the, the folks I went to college with. Mm. And at this wedding the most common profession at this wedding was cardiologist. Like the oh, okay. the person getting married, cardiologist, like old college friend of mine, cardiologist, uh, you know, people in the wedding party, cardiologist, I think several other people in the, in the invitees, the, the crowd were cardiologists just like, Hey, what do you do? I paint figurines for the internet. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not, uh. Working on uh, anything. Take it. Take a look at this camera shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this. I mean, the, did they just invite the entire good, department? Uh, five second summary of how the last fifteen exactly. years of my life have been. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> That's too good, man. <laughs> look, I imagine that your day to day is a lot less stressful and a lot more fun. I guarantee that. that. Dude. I I've got one less than one month to read this two-page rule sheet Literally, and, and yeah. paint some blizzards, and if and I don't, like, get, yeah. <laughs> I'll, if I don't get a hold on that, yeah, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> they're out saving people's lives, and you're like, well, I'm getting people into miniature painting, and that's gonna increase that's their too. lifespan. Yeah, so this is this is so much doing good for like mental health for people everywhere. It's just as important, probably. I hope nobody has ever actually had a heart attack while miniature painting. It should be like a fairly soothing thing, unless you, you know, spill a pot yeah. of paint and then just, you know, you're, you you spike in your pulse and then bad things happen. I'm not a cardiologist. So I don't know. I don't know the anatomy of a heart <laughs> well, attack. You, you apparently know you know enough yeah. of them to ask. I mean, come on now, <laughs> like get the hard details here. Gotta ask my pals. Yeah. Yeah. You got like the whole department right right on hand. You can ask. Like, what do you think happens if I uh, spill this nold oil? Like, how mad do you think that's gonna be? Yeah. Huh. Uh, I I don't know. In movies, that's when it happens. Someone gets like a little bit surprised or you know excited, right, yeah. and then yeah. That's that's all. It's just, yeah, it's somebody tells them some terrible news or something. Or... Yeah. I don't. Their I don't know. Is that is that actually that how that happens? I don't, I don't know how these things happen, uh -huh. but I, I hope nobody has ever suffered a, a cardiac event while miniature painting. For I think it I mean, it is a a calming thing that should lower your overall stress level. Should be good for you. Yeah, it should be. Not too many weird chemicals. There's, there's some many. weird smells. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Like the Tamiya panel ladder smells pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I apologize for this transition, but uh, Casey, you know what came out recently? Uh, <laughs> Two thin I don't coats. Know. <laughs> it's not that my was the other popped into my mind. Not my right. thought popped into just, my mind. You did good with the frost grave, and and now we're we're in some weird territory. <laughs> That's fine. I get it. I get. I get what you're saying. We're gonna. We're gonna continue on and just push through because that's. That's uh. That's how we do it. That's uh, we have to. We don't have a choice. Uh. Yeah. Two thin coats. Duncan's paint line that we both reviewed nine months ago, <laughs> like a long time ago at this point, uh, is being sent out to people and some new reviews have been popping up online and people are getting their paints, which is pretty exciting. I'm actually. Pretty curious, as I'm sure you are, to hear what everybody else thinks about these paints and like what the final product is. Yeah. Yes. So 
Yeah, we, we got very early samples from the Gamma Convention in March. It is currently September, so it's been six months, about. Six, and, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's... This is the other side of that coin of getting early product and putting out an early review. Is that uh, we had no idea what anybody else thought of it, and mm-hmm. so uh, second guessing ourselves for six months here, like were we pretty much too because they were hand bottled, like flown in the day before kind of thing, and late like print the labels were printed there and wrapped on those bottles by hand. It's not like it was done at all in the same process. Right. So, you know, we were told we were getting specific types of products, and we certainly tried to reflect that in our reviews, but, like, who knows, right? Like, who knows? Things happen in the production process. Yeah. So far, it does seem like people are, you know, identifying similar issues, both good and, and maybe not so good with the, the bottles and the paints. So... It it seems like the very early batch we got is probably pretty similar to what's been going out um, with the, yeah. the full release or the full shipments of the Kickstarter. Or, so Yeah, it certainly looks like it. Yeah. Uh, just from seeing a, a few of the videos, like even the consistency in the coverage and all that stuff seems, you know, in line with what we're using. Yeah. Yeah. I found a bottle of Duncan Rhodes paints under my uh, tool chest today. Just kind of happened to. We thought that we lost it when we were doing those videos, or you know, we we didn't have some of the paints, like a couple of them. Uh, turns out it was uh, on the floor. It's been there for six months. That's what happens when you move. I mean, you're yeah, probably you gonna find some stuff that's a lot <laughs> older than six months under some furniture. I, I did find. I man, I was looking and looking and looking for like a knee pad for one of the Night Titans. <laughs> Like, I went on eBay and I bought a replacement because I could not find I found it today. Almost vacuumed yep. it up. And I'm like, ah, knee pad. Now I don't need it. But, you know, <laughs> I found it. And then I found a head of a uh, a Wraith Guard from the Eldar Army. The old metal ones. And, like, I've been pushing back this video that I've been trying to make forever. Painting some of the old metal ones. And, like... I lost one of the heads, and I don't know where it went, and I found that today. So, yeah, <laughs> like, uncovering all sorts of good stuff. <laughs> Man, you've got a a couple of days ahead of you. I'm telling you, you got a, a couple of busy days. Yeah. Uh, the, I think the you, plan though. is, like, uh, box everything up from my office, move it all into new office, and, like somehow stay up all night and move everything else so I have time to like film a few more things. I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but that's that's kind of the plan right now. I'm just trying to push it for like three days really hard. We'll see how that goes. Got to keep your eyes out while you're vacuuming, though. That's true. Uh, That's that's an important important thing to, to note in general. Like, if you hobby on a carpet, you know that's, like, you know, an empty yeah, void like where choo-choo all your bits choo-choo. go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did get a vacuum that has a little tray that, that does catch that stuff. So oh, good. If I okay. did vacuum it up, it's not going into, like, a, a space where I can't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I did vacuum up, like, I'm pretty sure it was a Dark Eldar arm. Like, I want those back. Yeah. Not sure if I need that, but you know, you I do don't. have like a, a a just a stupid amount of like dark Eldar bits that I got from a guy back in like 1999, and oh. I have not touched them since. Yeah, heads and arms and like a bunch of weapons and stuff from those like starter kits or whatever. Ooh, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you're still looking. You're still looking for all those. Yeah, I got you. I, got about 40 left lot. arms. I have a lot, but those, look, those guns are thin enough that they break pretty easy. And mm-hmm. only one in four splinter rifle is held up, like, above the head so that you can see all the cool patterns on their chest. So we'll, we'll talk. Right. We'll talk. Yeah. There's some good They did that with there. the old uh, Guardians, too, the Eldar Guardians. Like they always across the chest of the stupid guns, they get like the one guy 
And it's like, oh yeah, look, like they got all this cool sculpted detail. Like, why are you not showing this off? Why why does it have to be like this? I don't know. Weird decisions back then in the nineties. I don't know. I do miss it though. I don't know. Something well, I'm glad about that being... didn't go straight into the trash then. I'm glad. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Unless it was one of those across the chest arms, in which case, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll have to take a look. It might have been. It didn't it didn't really look like a straight arm. It was just more like a, you know, curved elbow, right? Like where they're holding it. It's it's close. the angle of the shoulder joint. It's it is yeah. a curved elbow, but it's the angle of the shoulder joint. It's uh, the difference it. between yeah. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, again, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't uh, properly describe the the position of this <laughs> shoulder versus this shoulder. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're not doctors. Uh, wasted my youth. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, wasted, wasted your youth on not studying human anatomy enough. Right. <laughs> Could have been a cardiologist. <laughs> Could have yeah. at least been a physical therapist to be able to talk about uh, <laughs> prolate, prolapsed, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, rotator cuff. <laughs> I could have used all those words successfully in a sentence to describe the shape of that dark Eldar arm from 1998 third edition. You could, or you could just say it's that one arm that Time sticks to start out. Going to night school the so out. I can get really <laughs> yeah. into that uh, warrior kid. Yeah. Yeah, just to just to be able to properly explain some of these kits. I mean, man, some of these kits these days, though, like especially lately, like you basically have to be a doctor to be like, well, here's all these bits. Here's all these pieces and how they work. So there you go. It's yeah, getting ridiculous. Legends of the Painty Man. Legends yeah. of the Painty Man, who you should be listening to if it's you're not really already. It's a good podcast. Yeah. Yeah. If you even like this podcast a little bit, you're you're gonna like that a lot more, probably. probably <laughs> That's a probably. very good podcast. Yeah, it's yeah. it's better than most podcasts, The Legends of the Painty Men. Mm-hmm. But they've they've got a section where they're talking about uh some chaos barbarians from the Age of Sigmar line. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the fact that they are so muscular that they have muscles that don't actually exist on the human body. <laughs> right. Like, like little muscles so, in between the big muscles. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. so beyond uh, Conan jacked that, that just the physiology and the, the anatomy is, is enhanced. It's, it's, this, uh, it's beyond. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. I mean, some of the... You know, even the fantasy ones, like the chaos models, are are like you look at them. Not, I'm not even sure what's going on there. Especially when you're painting them, like you're, you're like, okay, well that that's like a pectoral. I get that. that. That's some abs right there. And then you got these like forty other little bumps over here. <laughs> like you're highlighting each one. Like <laughs> I don't think this is real. <laughs> you, you gotta wonder. I often do wonder that myself for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a real skill that sculptors have to be good enough at human anatomy to know, like, the insertion points of muscles and to at least know what muscles are real and what muscles aren't and what muscles right. look like when they're relaxed or contracted or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They get you know, all their attachment points right. But, yeah, some of those some of those barbarians, I... <laughs> Man, gotta gotta pull some of my my college friends aside and and start quizzing them. Right. Label these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose you, it is a skill in itself to to know how far you can go beyond reality while still making it look real, right? Because it's not like it looks terrible. Like they look jacked, right? And that's the point. Yeah. But then half of those things don't exist. So, I mean, orcs kind of have that a little bit going on sometimes, too. Sure. Yeah. But that actually, makes sense. It, it, it would be interesting to... Man, that'd actually be a really cool video, is is to find right. physical therapist or, or, you know, anyone who has that kind of, of human anatomy, like to medical knowledge. To break down the anatomy of some of these models. Show them like ten models that we're not sure about, and right? To have them be like these two actually could be real, you know. They're, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like a little bit imbalanced maybe but like these ones could be real this one is definitely not real that'd be really cool that would be awesome oh, that'd be a great video so, do it do okay it. i got the per perfect title to you okay i mean supposing that space marines couldn't potentially possibly exist what with all the you know things that happen seeds and whatnot um but like just saying space marines could never be real right there that's Actually, your time. you know what now that you mention it i think i did see this video specifically about space marines like a like youtube doctor talking about space marines really maybe but i think i feel like that popped up on my on my timeline I mean, it certainly could. But now, now YouTube is just showing me the tiniest apartments in Japan for some reason. So I'm getting no useful information about the hobby that way anymore. <laughs> like your YouTube account is now just. I, I never clicked. I clicked on like one van video, like one. <laughs> and now like you want to live in a van video, or and now tiny it's just house. all tiniest apartments in Japan. Yeah, you're screwed. <sighs> yeah, definitely. No, dude, like any time that my kid gets a hold of like my YouTube account and I accidentally leave it on my actual account, mm -hmm. like I, I'm i screwed. Like it is now just children's videos and it's like Warhammer, this, all this stuff. And then like Coco Melon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, man, it's not good. I don't like it. That's how they get you. That is how they get you. All right, what else is going on, Casey? What else do the I mean, people need to know? The people. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I finished my, my Tiny Hammer, my new Tiny Hammer video. I think that it turned out really cool. I'm actually very excited about how the whole project came together. Um, yeah. Yeah, like it's like tiny miniatures are just really fun to paint. Like, honestly, if, if, if I was just told, like, well, guess what? From now on, you paint 15 millimeter models, and that's just what it is. I think I'd be okay with that. Like, they're actually just, like, there's still enough skill involved, you know, in, in doing any of the other models that you would paint, but it's not too small to actually get there. Like, it still takes an amount of work, and you get it done a lot faster. It's partially why I like painting Relic Blade models, because... They're not huge, but they're like just right. Yeah, you know, I think they're like true 25 millimeter models, but like even, you know, you scale that down just a little bit by 10 millimeters and it's kind of this like perfect in between type of a model. It's not too small, not too big, mm. just right. Mm. Yeah. So like I painted up a couple of war bands, like pretty big war bands for that. And I don't know, I was just super excited about it. And now I can play teeny tiny war cry whenever I want and that's weird but very satisfying yeah congratulations <laughs> spread the good word people will yeah. join people will join I also found something out too is that I don't know if you I don't know if you've had this happen to you but if you have a box like just a box, like say you have a cardboard box. You have a mental inclination to fill that box with something, generally. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a nicer box, then you feel like maybe you want to fill that with something nicer. I'm, I'm seeing the value in having like nice containers, just extra laying around. I bought a an art supply box for like drawing and painting. You keep all your paints and all your stuff. It's got like a tray that you pull out. It's got a whole thing. It's a whole organizational system. Very nice box, leather handle and everything. And like that made that project about a million times better than it could have ever been just because of the box. And the box in itself was the thing that made me want to go beyond. Like just a little bit nicer. So I think having some extra fancy boxes to put things in around will actually help you hobby better. I'm going to throw that out there. Well, I think about that. Yeah. I think you might be right. <laughs> yeah, once I put the models in the box, it was like, holy crap, this is like a real project. 
like it's not just I painted some you know 3D printed 15 millimeter models. This became an actual like set. You know, it's like having a nice chess set compared to like the one you played in elementary school. Sure. Yeah. Like it, it just changes the way that you approach that. So. Yeah. yeah. I see that. Well, cool. <laughs> Look, Casey, we got to wrap this up because you got to move a, a household tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's very true. And it's going to be a, gonna be a long day. Probably going to have to, like, call the plumber tomorrow and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, I hope not. I don't want to jinx it, but you're probably going to have to call the plumber tomorrow, so. Why would you say that? I don't know. Why don't like, you be you ready? Are, so we got to wrap, wrap this podcast up, Casey. I don't want to call a plumber. Plumbers <laughs> are expensive. <laughs> God, no, I didn't do that. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.